Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am Natalie Miller-Snell, and you are listening to Seize the Day. Now, I've got an absolutely lovely individual joining me today. She has a fantastic academic background in positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching. However, that's not the reason I think she rocks. Her positivity is infectious, and she was one of the key individuals who made my transition into coaching effortless, meaningful, where I felt included and I knew I was somewhere I belonged. Please put your hands together for the absolutely fabulous Annie Lee. Woo! <laughs> and applause. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, you sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> Meant it though. Meant every word. Yeah. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> so lovely. So lovely to be with you. Uh, really genuinely is just gorgeous. Uh, I'm slightly concerned about the the uh, pitch of energy with the both of us in the room. Oh, no, yeah. like, maybe I should, we should maybe breathe. <laughs> it's so great to be doing this with you, Annie. And I mean, like I said, when I came into coaching, you and Sandra is quite pivotal in terms of actually the influence in me recognizing and perhaps giving myself permission to enter the coaching space. The coaches, uh, the coaches Gathering is a beautiful environment and place that you've set up with like-minded individuals, uh, you know, a great sharing space, lots of knowledge in there, but just real respect and, and community, which has been amazing. So I, you know, I was, you know, this is what, two odd years ago now. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Time has flown by. I know, hasn't it? Has it? Oh, I'm so pleased to hear that because that is what we, that's what we set out to do. It's um, that real community, that real sharing, uh, the lack of competition, the supporting yeah. of each other, the, the real free sharing of information and experience, um, because it can be a bit it can be a bit isolating yeah. and solitary as as a as a coach on your own. So to create that community and feel like you've got someone to bounce ideas off or just ask for support or offer support is, uh, yeah, it's what it's all about. So I'm delighted to hear that. Love it. Brilliant. Well, let's talk a bit about you. For anyone who's not familiar with you, who's Annie Lee? What's the journey? Because I was looking over your website, yet curiously, you know, surfing. I didn't know about Australia, New Zealand, you know, California, all of these great things and, and horses. Horses. What's I know. The, what's the story there? What's the what's the journey for you? And, and what's I suppose important in what you've learnt about you from then to now? And then we can go into the, the coaching aspect. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this. So um having said to you that I don't do any prep um <laughs> in, in these sorts of things. I was, I did obviously. I always downplay the amount of thinking that I do. Mm. Um and, and actually that is my prep. So I think through things. And I was thinking about, you know, the questions that you might ask and thinking about what people know of me. And yeah, probably a lot of people don't know my, my sort of backstory and, and that's fine. They mm. don't need to. However, it is part of, of who I am, a big part of who I am. It's got me where I am. So the, um, I think I've, I recognized I've always been a bit of a um I suppose bucking the trend um unorthodox maybe love it <laughs> you know from school I was a real rebel um I mean my poor parents had to put up with a really bolshy goth of a teenager and and you know I I completely 
you know, failed my A-level. So it's funny being introduced as a as an academic. <laughs> Love it. I, I was like, wow, yeah, how things uh, how things change. Um, and and I went off to it. The, my first traveling was California, was um, in LA. And a mate of mine, after my uh, degree, a mate of mine was working out there for a racehorse trainer, and he needed a he needed a nanny come PA. And I was sort of floundering around doing all sorts of jobs in Bristol and uh, just went, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll come over. So I jumped on a plane to L.A. and I lived there for around six months in Manhattan Beach. Wow. <laughs> I know. Um, and used to travel to the race course. I yeah, I mean, it was mad times, absolutely mad times in LA and so I did a bit of PA work for him and and I was nanny for his daughter at the weekends when he had he was separated from his wife and and then I actually went to Idaho with his wife uh and and without the kid and I can't remember why but Brilliant. I met I met Bruce Willis as a, as no a way. As, and I was introduced as Annie the nanny so just brilliant you know and then and then from there literally my whole life has been that you know who I knew and just jumping opportunities and and following my heart following my passion my boss at the time said listen uh, things are changing um I'm probably not going to need you but listen do you fancy going over to Australia the racehorse breeding season is just about to start and I could get you on a horse plane so for free travel with the horses over to Australia and so I went oh yeah sure okay I jumped on a plane went to Australia and then spent the next 10 years traveling backwards and forwards um basically working with massive great big racehorse breeding farms and running sort of sections um my specialism was I was like a midwife come neonatal nurse wow I know and I had no interest particularly in racing so that's that unorthodox thing coming in again I was quite different uh I was for a start, I was female in a very male-dominated industry, especially when you started rising up into the management levels. And when I was I was working in Ireland as well, so I do dual hemisphere work, which is quite uh, basically the breeding season is obviously seasonal. So down in the southern hemisphere, it's uh, they start falling in August and then to about December, and then they start falling in January to May wow. up here. So I just jump on horse flights and um do the do dual hemisphere work that's incredible yeah and I just loved it and so I had a team you know I had a team working with me and I worked really closely with vets I used to do all the vet nurse type stuff with no qualification no vet nursing qualification used to put the catheters in used to stomach tubes all of that sort of stuff um because you had to because the vets weren't always you know we were on these remote farms in Australia and so yeah you had to do everything yeah oh my goodness that's incredible are you the horse whisperer then absolutely totally and utterly that's what I am um no but I know loads of stuff and then I went into lecturing so that led me into lecturing because I was sort of like right okay this is it's amazing and I love it but I feel like I want to be a bit more settled so I went into I decided to come back to the UK and I thought, oh, I need a, I need um, a bit more sort of office experience. I don't know why I thought that. Worked for a construction company for two years. Helped set up 
I mean, this is this is the unorthodox bit. Help set up a new a startup business as well yeah. on the side with this guy that I was working with, brilliant, brilliant chap, who trusted me implicitly. Uh, so did stuff. I've just had opportunities to do stuff that I probably wasn't qualified for, yeah. but just did it um, and and just didn't didn't say no, had the confidence to do it and had these brilliant individuals to learn from. But yeah, for two years, and, I, and this was on the doorstep of the of the organisation I knew I wanted to work at. They were the only ones who did a, a degree in uh, international thoroughbred race, basically sort of equine science, and got my dream job as as equine le- lecturer and sort of uh, course leader of two degrees at Oxford Brooks <laughs> University. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. So yeah, just just kept on sort of uh, yeah, I. I just have been I I use my network and also I I just say yes I've just written that down yeah <laughs> you say yes yeah I say yes you know I had no qualms in jumping on a plane on a plane and just going yeah I'll go and do that mm. and yeah I'll work for it in construction why wouldn't I and mm. you know and that's where I met my husband funnily enough. Wow. he was one of my suppliers and I said yes to him, amazingly enough. Um, so, you know, and then got my dream job at, at Oxford. It was Abingdon and Whitney College, so it was a further education college, but we were in partnership with Oxford Brooks. So I spent most of my time at Brooks because um, they were the degree courses that I led. And, and yeah, again, this unorthodox piece, I, I, didn't, I was the only one at graduation on the on the stage on the sort of stands mm. um with a bsc you know gown everyone mm. else i mean even if you had an msc you were like oh dear really because everyone had their doctorate little caps on and their phds and you can yeah. tell from the robes what you've got mm. <laughs> i was the only one with a bsc but i had all this experience so mm-hmm. that's what got me the jobs and i also i was so on the student side I set up mental panels, you know, I did everything for the students. Whereas I think if you come in with purely the academic bent, mm-hmm. sometimes it's more about the academia as opposed to the student experience. So, yeah. yeah. I, I love all of that story. I mean, it's, I haven't heard that before and it's really oh. wonderful to hear that all of it. I was aware of the construction side because I know you and I have got an affinity there in terms of you, the, the challenges within that male-dominated yeah. environment and you know what that's yeah. like to work within but what I heard was that the failed A-levels and then at the end here now teaching in yeah. and, and lecturing it's just unbelievable and then going through that whole process as you rightly said you say yes I wrote that down at the same time you step out of comfort zones as well yeah you, you know that that stretch capacity moving yeah. yourself beyond there Annie the nanny literally that's going to remain with me for a long time now a beautiful experience when you look at that whole kind of scope and that I mean there's probably so many stories that you can share what stands out to you as the most the biggest learn if you like you know if you look back to what you were like before you you stepped on even one of those planes or even the nanny the nanny role Mm. what's changed and evolved for you that you now use in current life I think all the way through has built up this complete confidence in mm. myself and my ability to operate outside of my comfort zone, ride the storm, ride the waves. And actually, 
find that exhilaration in the whoa my god what's happening and and just go I know give me time give the world time I know it will be okay and it will probably be more than okay and for now it's pretty rubbish yeah but there's this I've got a steely resolve and you know that probably comes from way before any of that 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 really was instilled in me by my brilliant parents I think if I really was to analyze it yeah I lost it but actually I've come back to it and the experiences that I've had have just bolstered it um and it is this this real firm belief that everything will be okay yeah and everything is a learning experience and I know that gets trotted out quite a bit but but I think that's how I've looked at everything maybe not always consciously at the time but there is something deep inside that it is it is absolutely unshakable that everything will be okay phenomenal I mean that's a great a great teaching or great philosophy in TA as well isn't it that yeah. actually at the core I'm okay yeah and that's a beautiful stance to have when we're reviewing things particularly as you mentioned about weather in storms and that that roller coaster ride I mean I yeah. felt that as you whooshed yeah. over the end there what oh. straight to, yeah <laughs> and being able to weather it much like the storms today right okay so it was sunny this morning it's now chucking it down with rain this will pass this will pass this will pass yeah and there will be sunshine again yeah and it's and, a yeah sorry and well it, even if you know during that time of of that storm you go down with it and yeah. you you free fall there is something subconsciously in that deep-rooted belief that you might lose touch with mm. every now and then and I think that's really important to recognize and I'm really conscious that that you know when I'm when I'm working with clients or just you know anyone who I know that I'm not that I'm not sort of saying everything's lovely and happy and you know that's not reality so I might free fall and I do but there's something there's there's a there's almost like a platform that I get to and then I can't go under that because that's unshakable the unshakable belief and I think over the years, I come back up a lot quicker. Yeah. I come back up a lot quicker. And that's probably my learning, my, the, the shift in me. Um, the more I experience it, the, the quicker I come up. So there's something in that about actually allowing it to happen. Yeah. Because then you learn, you heal and you're actually able to deal with it better as a, you know, whilst it might be fearful, anything we're going through, and particularly if we're stretching out of comfort zones yeah. and then potentially, potentially perceived failure, yeah. it's still okay. Yeah. Because at the root of it, we're all still okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it is that, that piece about the learning, allowing it to happen, allowing it to happen. And, and you know, we're both, lovers of positive psychology and I think that's where sometimes positive psychology can be um misinterpreted Mm. in that um you know 
all of the emotion we have as human beings we have a range a vast range of emotions they are all vital they are all valid and they are all learning you know pieces of learning for us they happen for a reason and and we 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 mustn't wash over them we mustn't gloss over them um so in positive psychology, it's it's not about saying that these the, that you don't you don't allow these other emotions, and I'm not even going to say negative because they're just other emotions. Um, you allow them all. It's just whether you want to stay there, whether they're useful to you, and when they're not useful to you, it's it's that uh, ability to go. Okay, now I can start to reshape this you know relook at things because I think sometimes we can be a bit quick to reframe and we haven't actually gained the learning that was meant to be we're human beings you know that's what they're there for if you think about um Barbara Fredrickson's work the the um positive emotion specialist you know she talks about all the emotions and the learnings from it and the positive emotions are the ones that actually they're there to broaden and build. So broaden yeah. our horizons and build our skills. So, you know, yeah, there's there's learning to be had in all emotions. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, I love that. I love, it's just made me think about the metaphor or the analogy with the weather as well. Mm. Because if you're outside and you don't have a brolly and the storm yeah. comes, you're going to get wet. Yeah. So there's a learning there. Yeah. in terms of you know if, if we want to look at it that way yeah. and then at some point you can find shelter yeah so once you've you know taken that on board you can move yourself you can move away from the rain still you're still wet so you've still got to process things and then ultimately the sun will come back out again yeah. so you yeah. can but it's you know working and the rain was there for a reason, reason anyway the ground needed it the plants yeah. need it or and whatever. we are and, and you know this is my new as you as you know it my my sort of real area of passion at the moment is is sort of ecology and um the environment the climate crisis and you know there's something about this duality that we are separate from from the earth and and nature and Mm. and and if you think about the rain as an analogy we are nature we are nature there is no duality we are part of it therefore there is a need for the rain for us too not just for the ground not just for the plants not just for the ducks you know (laughs) great weather for the ducks no it's for all of us you know so all of that range of the range of weather is is for all of us yeah um so yeah yeah dancing it Oh, I've got it's so dancing it. My yeah. God. I mean, I've got the most brilliant photographs and a little video of me in Australia um, years ago. I think I was just I turned 30. Oh my God, so that's 20 years ago. Um, and and there's we're out, the th- three of us who I used to live with um are out in this mad hailstorm and they used to have insane ma- um, hailstorms you know golf wow. ball size things so it wasn't quite that bad because that, that might have been a bit dangerous but we're out there just going bananas in the yeah. in this storm and oh I, lo- I mean that's for me that's oh I love the rain I love the wind I love nothing more than being on top of a on top of the headland in an absolute 
raging storm. So bring it on. Yeah. Brilliant. Love anyway, it. I've, I've digressed. Sorry. No, I love it. No, no, no. It's brilliant. <laughs> we will come back to a bit of ecology, actually, and, and, and eco and whatnot. Let's move on from the the Oxford Brooks though. Mm. So there's all this incredible learning and you know changing career and moving over here, and then the next stage for you is coaching. So how yeah. did that come about? <laughs> what what was it that brought you? Where's the passion? I mean, I, I think I know this one, but what, what's the story there and well, the move? I I was always really really passionate about enabling those students to have the best experience there but to make sure it counted you know what were they going to do next what were they going to do with this whether it was you know loads of them I don't know what the percentage was but loads of them went off into completely different areas Um, you know some of them in the city I've just worked with a with a an ex-student who um, is working is is um, head of sponsorship for Diageo you know the massive drinks um organization and they went off into all sorts of different areas but I felt it was my role to equip them with whatever they needed in a holistic manner not just that academia point Mm. um to go and do whatever they wanted to do so whether that was confidence whether that you know part of one of the degrees that I led was um a year out in industry and some of those students I lived vicariously through them um (laughs) go to Australia go to New Zealand come on but but part of it was giving you know enabling some of them to have the confidence to get on that plane Mm. so um I found myself doing more and more almost pastoral type work as well that you know the tutor element and the and the course leader element and I just I just knew that that particular role wasn't enough even though I loved lecturing I still look back really fondly on it and sort of have a bit bit of a pang but that's cool right I yeah. still look back at all of my work and go oh god I loved it so much but it was time to move on and yeah. And I felt things were changing. You know, we were governed by an FE college, further education, so Ofsted. And it didn't, it didn't sit with my values, the tick box exercise, um, which, you know, I understood. I understood from the college's point of view and the universities, but it just didn't chime with me. And so I had done quite a lot of career coaching, uh, had done a, a, a course on career coaching, and and then a friend of mine had just done the barefoot coaching course and she said Annie this is what you want to be doing love you know come on and so I managed my I extracted myself over a number of months you know was in part um uh involved in in the recruitment of someone who would take my place and did some part-time work did uh some consultancy to extract myself and then press the button on on barefoot and we moved at the same time as soon as I was sort of free from uh being in near Oxford um we moved down to the coast so um so it all happened at the same time and and yeah the barefoot journey was extraordinary as you can imagine and then it was just it was a question of who I met. I met mm. this guy. I was introduced to this guy who had a contract coming up with the MOD. And um, 
I literally fell into working in transformational change in the MOT. And I was like, again, that unorthodox sort of almost like, hello, how the hell have you got here? And I did it. I was L&D lead, never, never worked in L&D. And and at the end of that contract, the MOD wanted me and not uh, the other people. So they I had a contract with them directly, which was amazing. Um, And then we all thought the contract would be renewed. And after six months of waiting, it wasn't. And I suddenly found myself going, oh, Mm. okay, I've got nothing. I've got a few clients here and there, but I'd really had a lovely time and taken a bit of time off and I had to completely rebuild. I was so sure that this contract was going to carry on and um, and it didn't. And it was probably the best thing because it really enabled me to build my coaching business. Uh, I also went to Barefoot and said, do you want to give me a job? <laughs> do you, do you uh, hello? Hello. I really like the course. I'm a really good lecturer. Um, I think I'll be a good tutor. And, uh, and they went, oh, go on then. And so, so, yeah, so I started being, uh, you know, a tutor for Barefoot. So I do a lot of the essay marking because, you know, that comes naturally. It's part yeah. of being a lecturer for 10 years. I do a lot of the, the essay marking. Um, and that has enabled me to grow this. I love my business. It's got yeah. loads of different parts to it. And again, there's the unorthodox bit. I don't niche. I never will. I <laughs> I. I am my own niche, you know, um, and so I've got lots of different parts to my business, which I love. Yeah. Again, it's really wonderful and remarkable as well when you listen and, and you know, stories are incredible when you hear them from the heart and you hear what's gone on and how people evolve and how they change from saying yes and just just going for it, you know, to, to have this role to then be in a situation where, oh, crikey that this is pretty bleak now mm. to then you know you're still riding that the roller coaster the weather with the storm totally. to then just okay now what do I do and to ask yeah we don't get if we don't ask and Michael yeah. Bungay-Sania talks about this and I yeah he was on my podcast the other day it'll be oh, maybe no. after this or before, I'm not sure <laughs> but he talks about which is amazing ask you know knowing that you might get a no but if yeah. you don't ask you'll never know Absolutely. And no isn't no forever. That's always what I talk to. I still do a bit of work for the British Horse Racing Authority grad scheme. Um, And and that's one of the big pieces of advice is no is not no forever. You keep asking. Yes. No. Why why would you stop? Why would you stop? And that's that that's that hard line of confidence, you know. it's so important to to almost disassociate it with you personally yeah it's not it's not about you personally they're not saying they're not doing a character assassination so why why attach to that no it's a no because their circumstances or your circumstances aren't quite right yet and it doesn't quite align absolutely it doesn't quite align so you know and and of course it's easier to say that it's easy to say it when you're not in it but to have a belief and it might not be conscious all the time, but to have that belief and every now and then, if you can just remember it, just shine a light on it and it'll, it'll keep you your head above water. I think that's, you know, to chuck another analogy in here. Um, I, I think 
I think I love that the analogy of, of water and, you know, taking a breath before you go down and yeah. what can be the oxygen mask that you need to come back up. Yeah. And, you know, I think that what are your beliefs? What are your firm beliefs around yourself? Uh, you know, self sort of worth, self-esteem, self-confidence. Um, mm. It's it's so complex and yet so simple. Yeah. And similarly, what came to mind there as well, there's the exercise with self and equally important perhaps is actually the community around you yeah. and then talking to people. Yes. Because if, if you can't see it, if you can't switch the torch on because you are perhaps immobile or you, 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 yeah. you know, the fears crippling you in that sense, yeah. Get someone else to switch it on for you. That's that oxygen mask, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's who else around you? Who else around you? And this, the community aspect, whether that be in your locality or, you know, spread over thousands of miles on the internet or whatever, community piece. You know, I love Johan Hari's work on Lost Mm. Connections. I just believe that we can feel so isolated um and and if you have that community piece if you have people looking out for you if you are looking out for others um then it can make all the difference all the difference and just you know because if you are listened to if you are listening then people will feel more able to talk you will feel more able to talk and share what's going on yeah and that's how I felt actually when I met you and Annie last two years ago yeah you are Annie you and Sandra oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks just <laughs> yeah. and the other Annie and the other Annie but yeah exactly when yeah. folk listen then you feel in that and that then enables reaching out now it's such yeah. a really important point and yeah. and on that in terms of the coaching aspect uh, you know and where you and I both sit and live in terms of work what is it about coaching for you that is so important or what how would you describe the importance of coaching in that space and what it is that you do with your work I am really controversial oh okay exciting I wish there was no need for coaching yeah okay no yeah I hear you there yeah I really do I I love what I do I absolutely believe wholeheartedly in the importance of it at this point in time but I wish we were in a state as a human, uh, as a species, as a world, as a planet, as, you know, there was no need for it. Um, So at the moment, I feel that we can offer that space for complete vulnerability. Someone is on your side. Someone is on your side and yet objective and yet objective because that's really important mm. because if we just are on our client's sides we see everything through their eyes therefore there is no opportunity for perspective change so it's for me it's around creating that space where someone can do their thinking someone can think differently they can have the courage to think differently they may not take it outside of that coaching room for months but they are able to do that thinking in that space Mm -hmm. and that could just lead to a real shift and taking it having the courage to take it outside of the coaching space and go ta-da 
Yeah. Or even ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> just any that ripple. Little, yeah, any ripple. Just that little, little change could make all the difference in the world. So, you know, at the moment, I feel we are doing my my brilliant supervisor, um, Claire Breeze, will, will talk about our role as being, you know, the new priests, the new sort of um elders the new those people that used to do the roles that we do now used to have the listening ears um or used to be the listening ears and that non-judgmental space um and and we seem to be doing it group coaching you're creating a little community you're creating a space where people can can feel interconnected you know oh isn't it annoying that it doesn't happen without us you know so I hope that there will come a time when when you know my role our role required yeah it's completely an utter yeah it's not required um and I know that's that's different and I know that's a little controversial um but that's that's my hope Mm. no I I do hear you actually one would hope that folk can well there's that age-old thing isn't it listen to understand and learn and therefore you know how we all feel that sense of belonging community and that then helps us reflect differently and look at what's going on and we can you know have that viewpoint and be objective as you said Mm. ourselves yeah everybody around us yeah yeah yeah. love it love it so you you mentioned so many things there there's one-to-ones that you do this group there's the you know the teaching there's over at barefoot there's also one other thing that you <laughs> I believe it's called peak 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 experience peak potential peak potential Whoa, peak potential <laughs> bring it on right okay so for everyone listening because I'm very excited about this and it will come to light if you don't already know what is peak potential what what is that that you do in okay. March next year so March next year March next year uh I will be taking with along with a very special person um I will be taking a group of clients out to the Alps and where we will combine coaching and skiing. Amazing. And I've done this uh, in 2020. So this year, and I did it in 2020, just pre-pandemic. Wow. Uh, absolute, both extraordinary experiences, quite different, um, but just extraordinary experiences. And basically this was all born out of um some work actually I did in coaching and it was a values piece I did with a wonderful coach Pete Mosley and he sat and he said tell me about your peak experience and we were talking about values for my business (laughs) all I could do was talk about skiing I was oh my god I just love it I feel such freedom you know I come back with white marks around my around my mouth because I've been grinning all the way down I get cold get really (laughs) sore teeth (laughs) because I grin all the way down and it's just this utter freedom that you that you feel in the mountains and this you know I always think god you can see for miles and you're so connected to every single part of the world and you and and also it's this learning piece so when you're skiing um you 
you have this, I have this real tendency to revert back to ways of skiing that have got me out of trouble in the, in, you know, in the years okay. I've been skiing. And, and they're really horrible. They're sort of like, you sort of really sort of dig your, dig your, you straighten your legs and you dig your skis in. It's not the way to get down the mountain most efficiently or smoothly, but it's what you do. And I just was skiing down the mountain. I just thought, God, this is so like coaching. You know, when we're trying to change our behaviors, it's so difficult because we revert to what's worked before. And it doesn't, you know, isn't always useful. It isn't always the best way. It can be really, really detrimental. Um, but you still do it yeah. because of that, you know, the, the whole sort of neural pathways, that's the learning, that's the habit. And I was just going, oh, my God, if we could combine the two, you know, do some really great coaching using the mountain, using the experience of skiing, then, wow, what changes could be possible? Um, wow. So yeah, so we utilize this, the experience skiing. So people who come on the, on the, um, on peak potential, get 10 hours of ski, uh, tuition with a company I've been going with. My dad's been going with for 25 years. I've been going with for, wow. for years. They're amazing. And, um, and you get, you get group coaching with, uh, with us. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm actually so thrilled when when you mentioned it to me. I mean, I literally it was a heartbeat. Yes, of course, I would love to. I'm so 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 excited. How you just described that, and in fact, actually, I found it very curious that I called it peak experience first and then said peak potential. That it yeah. was born from a uh, peak experience coaching exercise. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, but, but the whole way you've described it, the, the learning aspect of being in the mountains. And for me, I, I mean, I connect it in an energetic way as well. I see it yeah. as almost a bit spiritual in terms yes. of being up in that oh. place, the energy. And we've talked about meditation. I'll be yeah. doing some of that when we're up in the mountain as well. Yes. That thrills me yeah. beyond you, belief. The, the, my, my dad, who is 82, who is one of the most humble extraordinary beings in the whole world he'd hate me for saying that but I learn I've learned so much from him he he's very spiritual person very religious and he talks about the veil between heaven and earth or just the veil whatever your belief is yeah veil being thinner yes yeah you are and that's my clients experiences I won't you know from from a confidentiality point of view I'm not going to say too much but there was certainly one client this this year who really who really experienced that and it was such a huge shift for her wow um yeah I think that that's such a great pickup Natalie that that spiritual element you are just closer to everything, to everything that is massive in our world. So yeah, it's an extraordinary experience. And, uh, you know, one, I don't know how long we can do for, and, you know, I'm very conscious of the, of the eco footprint of it. So I am, you know, I'm doing things to, to sort of hopefully try and assuage that, but, um, but equally, you know, how long is there going to be snow in those Alps? That's honestly yeah. what is in my mind. And so I just feel 
if we can do it even just one more time how amazing would that be incredible and I'm I'm so excited thrilled joyous and you know I'm so chuffed to be joining you March 2023 people I mean you know if you want to come and join us I'm, I'm gonna say now this has been one of the most beautiful conversations I've loved it and I knew it you know it's just effortless it feels so great there's beautiful energy between us lovely sharing where can everybody find you Annie who perhaps wants to further the conversation wants to find out about peak peak potential anything else that you've got going on where can they find you Oh, I hang out on LinkedIn and Instagram, uh, although I do take quite a few hiatuses from them. <laughs> um, you. Yeah, my website, Annie Lee Associates. Um, I, I um, yeah, it would be lovely to, to be in contact. I've got a discussion group coming going on around the climate crisis as well, wow. which if you're interested in that, um, be lovely to be in contact. Uh, I'm not particularly taking on any new clients at the moment, but, you know, always interested to hear from people, always interested to have conversations as well, because I obviously have a great network of coaches, so I can uh, always, always recommend other people. Um, so, yeah, be lovely, lovely to be in contact. Love it. And one final question for you that I'm, I'm enjoying bringing in now because actually it's an MBS one, actually, although I think I've probably used it before, but use it in a slightly different way now. What's important that we haven't had the opportunity to discuss or you haven't had the opportunity to mm. say so far yet that perhaps you don't get to discuss or actually you just want to express now? Oh, I, I think I've probably said the majority of things that are top of mind if I'm honest, behavior change, oh, just the holistic nature of yes. everything we have been talking about, yeah. how, how the, the environment, ecology, nature is, uh, is so interconnected with mental health, with physical health, with just our way of being um, humans, the species, anthropology, philosophy, you know, we talked about spirituality. So I think just the interconnectedness of everything is what is fascinating me at the moment and I want to take forward into my work. And I just suppose I leave it as a question for others is, you know, what's, what's, rising to the surface what's bubbling for others in this space that's what i would leave and and what are you going to do about it yes yes i love i felt that in my heart annie i love it that yes the way you i mean you framed it there in a ball no one can see this because we just we can see each other on the video but with your hands in a ball and that beautiful sphere that you know circle that everlasting circle that the nature of you know the world that the sun the earth how it all yeah. is the spherical item and energy gen generally i yeah. felt that really felt that and how as you say what rises for you when you think about it yeah. beautiful thank and you so what much. are we going to do about it the active piece that's what's coming to yeah. me at the moment brilliant book um by sarah wilson um this wild and precious life and that is a call to action. So I suppose that's my thing. What's rising to the surface and what can you do, do about, about it? it. Yeah. Brilliant. There we go. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining me, Annie. Thank I've you. loved every minute. It's been brilliant. What a, what a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>
(laughs) (laughs) And thanks everyone for listening. Take care, look after yourself, keep well. You have been listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to seizetheday.simplecast.com for all of my other shows. If you're interested to hear more about coaching, please visit nmscoaching.co.uk. If you'd like to chew the fat over some of the topics in these podcasts, please come and join me at my Facebook group, Dare to Be You. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening.